You know, I've never seen what Jamie looks like. No, I don't think I have. I don't watch the videos. I hear it all on um, on Apple, whatever. Podcast, podcast, yeah. Sorry, the thing we're doing. A exactly right. No, I, I, I listen to the Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. I, this today was the first time I ever watched it. Oh wow, I watch it a lot because. One, like, they sometimes start throwing videos and stats and stuff on the um, on the screen, so I like to see what they're looking at or reacting to. Um, and really, like, there's nothing else to watch, like, while you're listening. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really read and listen to a podcast. You can't really – I mean, yeah, you can have it on as background noise while you're doing homework or working. Like, that's doable. But like, I mean, if, I like, if I have nothing that I that I want to do, and I just want to watch the podcast, I'll watch the video. I think now with uh, I've had more time to listen to them. I used to, I listen to podcasts on my commute yeah, when I'm same. cooking or cleaning or something. I miss commuting only because like, you know, I was thinking about my commute the other day, and I was like, man, I used to do that every day. Now I'm like, I don't know if I could do that again. I know. Like I would walk to the train, take the train down for, and then walk again, and then I'd get to work. What do you think? I mean, you personally, what do you think is going to change? Like, as far as like working again after this, like, what's some like? Are you going to want to go back into hospitality and work in a hotel and work in? I don't feel safe going back to hospitality, to be honest. Yeah, and not in terms of like my like immediate safety, in terms of like job security. Right. I don't know. I mean, also, I guess when you think about it, like everyone always told me, like, oh, you're on the front lines because people come from all over the world and country and. They stopped by. I mean, I worked the front desk, and everybody stopped by there. Right. That never really scared me. I think what scared me more was the interacting with people outside of work. <laughs> I think that's what scared me even more. Going to like bathrooms scared me. Like in public. In public. Yeah. Like public bathrooms. Like I think after this, I think that that's going to change a lot. Is like um, you're not going to be scared anymore. No, like in terms of like public bathrooms and how they're viewed. Oh yeah. Like I really don't think they're going to be a thing anymore. <laughs> you're kind of screwed. No, I don't think so. I think public bathrooms, like for the most part, are kept relatively clean. What know? about it's a, that's like an area that's like it's already like a kitchen, right? Like a kitchen's very like the Chicago health inspectors, right? When they inspect kitchens and bathrooms and stuff like that, like I think they do a good enough job. I don't think that there's any sort of I think grocery stores and like things where things are getting used all the time. You know, like um, carts and, you know, luggage, right? Like from at a, at a hotel, like bell scan, like uh, bell carts. Like all that all that stuff's just going to have to be cleaned every day. You're going to have to hire. Well, I think that's something they should have been doing anyway. Right. I don't think anything's really going to change that drastically. Oh. But at the same time, what do I know? I didn't think people, I, I was one of those people back in January saying like, ah, it's nothing. It's just all hype. Right. Like anything like. A lot of the institutions are already in place, right? We have health inspections. We have, um, you know, uh, Ecolab, right? Ecolab's a company that goes around and makes sure that you're going to pass their health inspection. One is because they want to sell you shit because they're like, oh, you can't pass their health inspection without this, you know, laser-guided soap dispenser, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. That sounds cool. We should invent that. Write that down. Laser-guided soap dispenser. Never, wa never waste soap again. Just... You know, it, it like it uses you, heat signatures to see how much you need, and it like holds your hands up like this and just shoots it. Like, no, that's not too much. Uh, <laughs> you, you had me there until they said hold you up because no, you don't want to be held up in the bathroom. No, 
Yeah, that's a bad place. The ba- bathroom's supposed to be my safe space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to be held up. It's not going to Your hands out. aren't clean enough. You cannot leave the restroom. Please put your hands Something up. that I think we should invest here in the States is a bidet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. By far. Because I think like the whole toilet paper shortage thing just proved well, the whole that toilet- it's... That we have to move on from that. Like we have to keep going and use the bidet because people freaked out over toilet paper. One, I mean, bidets should have been a thing a long time ago. Right, right. You know, those should have been as soon as they were invented. We should have been like, hey, let's let's get this and stop wasting paper. You know, there's probably some company that was like, oh, we got to lobby against bidets. You know, like this is this isn't going to go well for us. You know, mm-hmm. but that being said, like I think there's a really good opportunity because like. I don't think there was a toilet paper shortage. I don't believe that there was no, no. one. There wasn't the shortage that was a problem because even the company said, like, oh, there's no shortage. It was just how, I think, uh, what was it, panic buying? Yeah. Like, people okay. were just panic like, buying. Like, think about it. You go If you go to the store and you want to buy 12 cans of beans, like, that doesn't look like anything on the shelf. You go to the store and buy one package of toilet paper and it clears the whole, you know what I mean? You can't fit as much. So if 12 people went to Mariano's and bought 12 rolls, twelve packages of paper towels, one for each person, because, yeah, we're on a lockdown. We're not going to leave the house for a couple of weeks. Toilet paper is kind of a necessity. And then the first images of people going to the store, COVID-19 news coverage, is empty shelves where the toilet paper was. So everyone panicked. It's it's just a big item. It takes up a lot of space, you know? It's, right. You know, so it's, it's you notice it. Um, you know, you need a whole aisle dedicated to one product. I mean, I didn't notice how much crap we buy until this whole thing hit. Right. Because it's like, we would, I remember going to the store when this first thing started hit, going by and like going down the bread aisle, bread is all gone. Going down the toilet paper aisle, that's all gone. But then I'd go to the other side of the store, like the clothes and like the home improvement parts of the hotel, of the, hotel, of the store and there was nothing. No one was buying any of that shit. Everybody was buying food. And this just proves that we were just, like, buying right. crap. I, mean, I think the thing is, is that even now, like, even when I go to the store right now, I always buy something to think, like, okay, if I can't get to the store in the next 12 weeks, or 12 weeks, 12 days, uh, 12 weeks would be terrifying. <laughs> but, like, let's say something happens and they're like, you know what? Everyone has to stay inside, curfew, 12 days. This thing is getting out of control, blah, blah, blah. Everyone went and hung out last weekend because it was nice out now. You know, we're double the capacity in hospitals. Now, this is all hypothetical, but I was thinking to myself, like, okay, could I grab what I need and then some and then, you know, hold off, you know? And that's kind of how I look at it, you know, basic necessities. Like, I stocked up on, like, rice and beans and certain things at home, and I'm like, okay, like, if it got really, really bad, I can eat this. I got chicken stock. Like, I can make this, you know? Like, there's so many things that, you can cross utilize to get you by. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like last night's like, we should make steak, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, we didn't need steak, but. Felt nice to eat. Right. Yeah. Felt like being in a restaurant for once. For, yeah. I think the that's wine. the thing. That's the thing that's just going to be crazy to go back to. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Restaurants. Like when the first waitress comes up to me with a mask on and it's like a nice place. Or wearing like, um, the gloves and everything. Would you like to prefer? Well, you know, there's going to be those people that are going to be scared when they serve the food to you. Because they're going to give it to you on a plate, and you're going to be like, the fuck's on here? Who touched it? How many people touched it? I'm not going to be remotely concerned about that, because one, if we're allowed to go out, like I'm not going to just freak out about everything, because 
my biggest fear right now going out is making somebody else feeling uncomfortable. Like more than I feel like. I just feel like people are just gonna, they're just gonna lose their minds. How so? I mean, look at these people that are protesting. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's that's the way I look at things. I'm like, as normal as we want to make it, like people like you and I, there's always those other people on the other side that are trying to, like, I don't know, they turn it into something bigger than it should be. Personally, I can't wait till things go back to normal because I never thought I would say it. I am very introverted, but I never thought I'd say like the, see the day where it's like I want to go outside, I want to hang out with people, I want to do these different things, like. If anything, it's helped me. This whole quarantine thing has probably helped me more than not helped me. Right. It probably made a lot of the extroverts feel like, oh, I can stay in, you know? Yeah. And it probably made a lot of the introverts go like, I don't want to get them. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this is the cultural awakening that we all kind of needed, you know? I mean, I think so. I feel like for a good minute there, for like maybe like two, three weeks, like everyone was on the same page. Right. And it was cool. It was cool to see that everyone was on the same page. Right. I still feel like a lot of people are. I also believe that what you see with the protests and the media is what they want you to see. Right. I don't necessarily think that's what is going on. Right. I mean, yeah, the media gets to put their spin on it and make it look more sensational than it really is. You need to watch something. You, you, like Nobody was watching the news. I know I wasn't watching the news because it's like, do I really want to keep watching about the coronavirus when I get right. on my phone and get updates? Right. I think there was a point in time where, you know, the president would come on every day with his like little troop. It was like a pony show, you know, it was like, all right, we're going to come out and we're the adults in the room and they're all wearing their suits and they're all doing their thing and they're waiting for the, you know, they line up like, oh, it's almost like a, it looks like a wedding rehearsal, you know, the way that they're getting up there in front of everybody about to give the speech. And then you think like, okay, I'm going to watch this every day for a week and see, oh, they're going to do it again today. Cool. All right. There's new information. They're going to make us feel safe. And then after like, a week of that, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't need the president to come out here and pretend to be like he knows what he's talking about. And I hate to get political on this thing because I don't want to, you know, diversify my two listeners. Um, <laughs> but, but it's I'll like, our fans. I'm not, I'm not saying it is, is a, it, this isn't a negative on the uh, current administration. This is a negative on like the whole idea that like, when something like this happens, the routine is once a day, we're going to go in front of the TV and tell everyone what's going on. And it's like, I would rather they had the best information vetted. Like you vet journalists, you vet like, you know, when someone's coming in for a job interview, why would you vet the information that you're about to release to 450 million Americans? You know what I'm saying? Like, that just seems like the smart thing to do. And it just seems like the administration, I'm not saying that this guy in particular is the guy that did it. It's a lot of people. There's a lot of enablers. There's a lot of like, you know, one of the things that I heard uh, that was really impactful to me about politics is that it's not so much the people that are voted in and voted out all the time. There's so many people that work admin jobs in the government that have held those positions for 40 years that are old blood that just keep things going the way that they've always been. You know, there, when it comes down to policy, when it comes down to procedure, when it comes down, like you've worked in an office, like you've worked in places. It's like, there's always that element of like, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to keep things the way they've been going because, you know, Larry over there. It's easier to pretend that things are okay. Right. You know, I mean, I get that. Yeah, but things aren't okay. You got to tell like those those are the same offices or groups that fail because 
one person feels or like it's just you're not informing the group of how to be prepared. They're all failing. Yeah. Think of everybody that you know that works somewhere. <clears throat> Nobody says I love my job. It's got its bad days, but the good days are more. Like it, it's always like, man, they they just hired a new supervisor and they're on my ass or it's like I've been working with this company for 5 years and the culture hasn't changed or they brought in some new management and now they're trying to run things differently and it's pissing everyone off. They're trying to clean out. Like it's every company, everywhere you go, there's no perfect company, you know? And if our, if there's no perfect company, what makes you think that the government's going to be just as good as any business that can, there can be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. everyone's got the, there's always somebody in the office that's a creep or a pervert. There's always some woman that's conniving and, you know, there's always the, like, there's, <laughs> There's always that person that works in the administration <laughs> wow. that, you know, that has her glasses like this. And uh-huh. then the second you're like, you know what? I think we should switch up the the rotation of this responsibility. And then she looks at you from under her glasses like, are you fucking You always got that one person that's been yeah. there. Yeah. And they don't want things to change. Either. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, you don't want to piss her off. She's the one that controls the and, blah, blah, blah. And the crazy thing is, is like, I think a lot of people just accept it. Right. And they're like, oh, that's just. It's complacency. Yeah. yeah, and it's not even just singling out that one. It's like the whole group is like right. that, and you're just like, oh, yeah, it's just how things right. are. I mean, it's, like, you, it's not how things are. It's how you want it to be. Right. It's like the largest company in the United States, Amazon, right? It employs millions of people. Mm-hmm. They're making a trillion dollars. They're, you know. What's the, that stock worth now? Like $2 trillion or something like that? I haven't looked at it. Well, not the stock, but like I think that company's worth like oh, $2 yeah. trillion, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Sorry. It's like a small country. Yeah. That, that, the, sorry. Like the thing about that is crazy to me is like Amazon, that company is worth as much as this country's uh, stimulus package was <laughs> like, that is just crazy to me. Like how much it costs to fix this, fix this country, or at least get some money out there to help everyone out is the same amount as that company is worth. That's just crazy. But anyway, sorry. Well, you You're think, saying? you think, you know, you look at Amazon, they're in the news all the time. They're everywhere, right? They're how many devices I shop at Whole Foods. Yeah. I've ordered from Amazon. Right. Uh, I don't have any of their weird shit, but well, like, they got I their watch, prime videos, yeah, I watch prime videos. Like, like it's, it's a, it's the a music, part of, it's part books. of our, it's yeah, it's part of our lives. Right? They, they even have TVs now. Like they have the, the fire stick and like they have, yeah. uh, what's that? Uh, like Kindle, right? Like yeah, even books and shit like that. Right. Too, so. It's like when you watch Blade Runner, they're Tyrell Corp. You know, <laughs> like they're just everywhere. You know. So what I'm trying to get at though is like you would think that after so many years that this company's been around since like the late '90s, it started in the guy's garage. You know, Jeff Bezos' garage and selling books, and it turned into this thing. And you would think that in the age of, you know, electronic everything. Um, you know, every social cause that we've kind of overcome and, you know, we're still working on a lot of them, but you would think that Amazon would just be like the, the beacon, the bastion of like, oh yeah, we're the biggest, largest company there is. And we're going to treat our employees right because that's what big companies should do. And here they are with protests and, you know, employees that have to pee in a bottle at work because they don't get to take bathroom breaks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you kind of wonder, like, okay, if this is the best company that we have, I'm not saying best by, like, more moral standards, but best is as far as, like, they're winning, right? <laughs> no one's saying Amazon's losing anything. They're no. winning. And they're not treating people with basic human rights. And it's like... Who do you, who do you think is going to play Jeff Bezos if when they make the Amazon movie? Oh, definitely J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> that. I think he's too intense to play Jeff. Uh, I, well, like, the, 
we need like the young Jeff and the older Jeff, right? Like we need the one that like Oh like yeah, I could see him playing an old like kinda like a oh, man, it would have to be like a younger actor. Yeah. Just get the guy who played Moby or whoever uh the guy from uh, Community. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forget his name. I don't know his name, but uh, yeah, Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, basically, and then have J.K. Simmons play the older version of him after he's gotten divorced. You know, it's like yeah. Aaron Sorkin's gonna write the script for that. Oh jeez. <laughs> or he's already writing it. Who yeah. knows? It, it's done. It's just he's sitting there smoking cigarettes, just like. All right. And then yep. yeah, I love Aaron Sorkin movies. Oh, I no. love them, and I. I wish that I remember with Aaron Sorkin, like it's one of those things I accidentally stumbled upon his movies. Right. I watched Moneyball and I think I watched uh, Capote. Yeah. Not Capote. That's Ben Miller. Sorry. No, I watched Moneyball. What was the other one that he wrote? Uh, he didn't write the fighter, right? No, that was Finch. Uh, that was, that was David right. Russell. Right. Uh, no, um, he did Moneyball, and he did another movie, and then I realized he was... What, good? Well, I was like, these movies are really good, and then I remember looking it up and finding out, like, oh, they're both written by Aaron Sorkin. Are you thinking of The Social Network? That's it, right. right. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot. I remember watching those movies, thinking these are really good movies, and getting really, like, deep diving on Wikipedia and Internet and IMDb, and, like, seeing, like, oh, who wrote it? And I saw Aaron Sorkin on both. And I started going down the rabbit hole of Aaron Sorkin movies. Even though I still haven't watched The West Wing. But I hear, like, it's really good if you're into his kind of writing. Yeah, it's got some, it's got some good monologues. And, and he's known for, like, the walk and talk, where it's, like, people are always walking down corridors and hallways while talking to each other. And, like, that's their, you know, that's the, the vehicle that drives the conversation. Right. And uh, I always... I grew up watching A Few Good Men. It was one of those movies that was always on. My dad always had it on. And he did that one too, right? Yeah, that was his uh, first one. That was a good one. And, oh man, I remember watching that that movie and just being a kid. And that scene with, with uh, Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise where they're going back and forth, you know, the whole uh, courtrooms. It's famous. Everyone's, you know. Everyone tries to imitate that. You can't handle the truth. I mean, it's even in. I mean, I, I how many sitcoms have, have referenced that scene? <laughs> right. And, you know, it's iconic. And then I just remember, like later on, and like watching West Wing, and I'm like, hmm, this seems familiar. And then it wasn't until like the newsroom where I'm watching, like oh, that's why he did do the newsroom as well. Jeff Daniels give a speech, and I'm like, it sounds very Aaron Sorkin-y. And then I look it up, and I'm like, oh, it was. That's why. I wonder. Uh, I still watched Molly's Game. You said it was good, right? Oh, really good. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Idris Elba and and um, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it's that movie. It's total Aaron Sorkin, fast paced. He does this thing in movies where he uh, the script, like the dialogue, is always about misunderstandings. You know, so like someone will say something, the other person misinterprets it, answers what they think it was, and goes, "No, I meant this," and then they have to re-answer it. So they double up on the exposition mm-hmm. just through dialogue and, and having that conversation go back, that banter yeah. go back and forth. And that's something that's exciting because it's easy to follow. It sounds like a real conversation. I was going to say his movies are very fast paced too. Oh yeah. But it's not a bad fast pace. It's not like uh like a Guy Ritchie movie. Right. Like those like sl- movies that are just like cut after cut and oh, you're just yeah, like, yeah. it's hard to follow until like a but, little bit later. Yeah. I think his movies are very well made. Because, They're almost opposites. If I think yeah, yeah. Like, like he just has a good way of like, making you like reeling you in and then once you're in you're following it along and he could go as fast as you want because you know what's going on right like social network is perfect with that 
Right. That movie starts off slow and then it just like picks up like a third right. of the way. And there's so much great like the thing that he does well is like some writers can do dialogue really, really well, but then they can't do anything outside of like a conversation. And then some people are the opposite. They can do that conversations really, really well. And you know, sometimes the small talk is tends to be a little canned, mm -hmm. you know. And then I think of the social network, there's that scene with the Winklevoss twins where whatever race where they're they basically want to threaten uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and they're like, uh, aren't, aren't you worried? And they're like, why am I worried? I'm 6'2", 220, I work out, and there's two of me. You know, and it's just like this quick scene, and then they're on to the next. They don't even pause, and it's just like, fuck, yeah, that's a, that's a great line. Like, you know, and then you just see the other twin go like, yeah, one of him. Right. You know, like, it was just such a great shot. Shout out to uh, Army Hammer, man. That dude just... Oh, he's he has like movie, no yeah. recognition. Yeah, but he's a great actor. Yeah, that movie he he definitely he probably shouldn't have jumped into uh, uh, what was that Lone Ranger movie right off the bat? Yeah, that kind of fucked up Johnny Depp's career too. Yeah, him he yeah, did yeah, that. I don't think he's hurting. No, but he did that, and then Pirates that the new Pirates movie that wasn't too good, and then like you don't really hear about Johnny Depp as much. Right, and then he got beat up by Amber Heard. Dude. <laughs> I should have laughed by that because it's not funny, but no, it sucks. it's crazy. It That's sucks. a crazy story, man. It sucks that he got accused. She's so hot too. I remember thinking she was so cute, like just so hot, and then now I realize that she's just crazy hot. <laughs> I never liked her. So I have a funny story. I have a friend that worked with her on a show, um, and my friend uh, told me that you know she they were in a scene together, and my friend was just trying to you know make small talk and say, oh hey, I really like your blah blah blah. And she just totally was like, how dare you speak to me? You wow. Know? And my friend was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, so she just, you know, uh, told me that. And that was like years ago, right? This is back in like, I don't know, it's got to be 09. Oh, when she was like just starting from yeah, there and yeah. coming up. And, right. Yeah. And so. Yeah, there's a good minute there, I think around that time, where she was like in everything. Right. Well, not everything, but she, she was getting a lot she of work. She was in a lot of shit that got canceled right away. Yeah like the show that my friend was on. But I remember my friend telling me this and I went like, yeah, like, and I want my friend to feel better. I'm like, no one's ever going to remember her. Like, like she's not anything special. Like I, to be honest with you, I forgot about her for a few years. As you should. And then she's very forgettable. Now with all this, Oh no, Aquaman. She was an Aquaman. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, oh, I haven't seen her in a while. And then this whole thing coming out that right. her and Johnny Depp. And then I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe that's why we haven't heard about her. So when I heard that Johnny, like she was claiming that Johnny Depp beat her up, I'm like thinking to myself, like Johnny Depp's been in a lot of relationships. Like he's one of those people that has, you know, quite a very like. He's weird, but he doesn't come off as like, I don't think like he'd be the type of dude that just like had a woman. And not only that is he, it, not that he's weird. It's just, it, he's such a level of celebrityism that like you can't get close to this guy. You know, it's mm -hmm. like he, people go nuts. They lose their shit when they see somebody like Johnny Depp walking. Like he can't walk into Starbucks and order a coffee without freaking everybody the fuck out. Like that's his, that's, true. that's his level of, of celebrityism. So the, the point I'm trying to make is that he's been exposed a lot for however many years. And there's never once been an instance of him, you know, being violent towards somebody, and then all of a sudden he dates Amber Heard or marries or whatever, whatever happens, and all of a sudden they're growing. I think they were married. Yeah, and then they're going back and forth. You know, like oh no, he did this and she did that. You know what it what it boils down to is like my first instinct was like I didn't want to believe her because my friend that worked on the show with her was like yeah she's kind of a bitch and I'm like 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just knew at that point. I just knew. I man, just knew. You, sh- you like, should have told. You should have warned Johnny Depp, man. You could have. <laughs> and I'm not even that much of a Johnny Depp fan where I feel like I need to defend him. No. I just it just immediately sounded like bullshit because I'm like. I- and there's funny. There's like some of his fans that are like, like you said, they're. It's like why it's like when the Beatles right. would arrive. It's like these people go crazy for him, and I'm like, he's a good actor. I think he's got some good movies. But I'm not that person with Johnny Depp. Right. It's like it's like the whole thing, like Louis C.K. Right. Like the thing that happened with Louis C.K. when it started coming out that you know, yeah, he did what he did. Like I wasn't surprised. Like he's had stuff like that in his show, in his stand up. Like he just seems like a weird dude. Like he doesn't. If anything, that just humanized him even more. I'm like, oh, he's kind of a. I, I, you know, he is what he jokes about. Uh, the, the thing I'll say about that is, like, I think what Louis did right and continues to do right is that he's he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't ignore it. He acknowledges that he did it. Right. And he owned up to it in a way that you could respect him. And right. I don't, I don't know how to word this or phrase this, but like, at least respect the fact that he apologized. He owned up to it. and He said it was wrong. And I'm like, I, I don't think you could do more. And he's paid his dues so far. And I thought his special was funny, so I don't know. Like, I, right. I think Louis. I think uh, compared to like some guy like Harvey Weinstein, who, I mean, that dude's just that dude should just pay ride. for it. yeah, ride in hell for what he had to do. But like Louis, I mean, like like you said, like I've been a fan of Louis, and when I heard that, I'm like, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like, there's there's definitely a difference, like a distinguish. Like, here's the thing. Like, you watch a movie, and you can see a movie or a TV show where there's, like, a big character arc. Where in the beginning, the guy's an asshole, and his daughter hates him. And then at some point in the movie, he loses everything and has to start all over again. And we, and we give him that redemption, mm-hmm. you know? Why don't we do that for human beings? You know, why don't we let... I mean, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be accepted again. Like, Harvey Weinstein, clearly, this, the deck is stacked against him. He doesn't deserve a second chance. Bill Cosby doesn't deserve a second chance like they if they would have and maybe that's society's fault for not catching it or taking it seriously or taking women seriously at first you know that should have been addressed a long time ago you know like wait you said bill cosby did what yeah you know what i mean like that was america's i mean that was america's dad right but coming back around to that it's like louis ck did something very very gross and weird in front of people that he apologized to in front of and publicly and you know, uh, he, like many other people in this world who makes mistakes, and he even called it out in a special. He's like, you all got something. Right. The only thing is you all know mine now. Even Barack Obama I mean, knows I, mine. <laughs> that was funny. such a good scene. But, like, honestly, if, if I was a parent and I had a kid that was older, just like maybe, like, old, when they're old enough to understand, I'd say this is how you own up to something. Like, this is a lesson you could teach for kids. Like, when right. you do something wrong, I mean, yeah, given the circumstance, that's wrong. Like, it's nasty. But when you do something wrong, this is how you come out. Like, you you apologize, you own up to it, and you pay your dues. Right. And it's like, I think that's there's a lesson to be learned there. Unlike guys like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein that, you know, feed off of pity and, like, oh, like, you feel bad for me. I'm old. I'm, you know, right. I'm dying and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, dude, you, you, you did bad things and you didn't apologize and you don't feel bad for what you did at all. Right. You know, and then that's the way I look at it at least. And that's why I respect Louie for what he did. And I really, really hope this is a start of a comeback. Cause I think Louie is, I personally think he's hilarious. He's was definitely my favorite comedian for a long time. I think Louie, I think someone threw him under the bus because he had that movie that was legitimately like 
a version of Harvey Weinstein. Like, I didn't see the movie, but just from reading the synopsis, he plays a father who has a daughter who wants to make it Hollywood and ends up getting, you know, harassed or, you know, at least in some way by a producer who's trying to, you know, casting coucher, you know? And mm. so his, this movie is about him as a dad dealing with this and, and that struggle of that because clearly he's on the side of like, I don't want this shit happening to my daughter. And then right before that movie comes out, he gets... Black, well, blacklisted, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and or canceled or whatever you want to call it. And I mean, they they sold all his stock at that point, yeah, because like FX right away canceled right. the show right. and his upcoming other shows that he was producing. And that uh, show he had was beautiful, right? It right, was a great show. And the one with uh, Pamela Adlon was good too, and uh, Baskets and like all those shows were canceled because Louis was attached, right? And then like Netflix dropped all his specials on there, Showtime, HBO, like everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, like they were, <laughs> it's like his joke. He's like, he's like, you don't know, you don't want to know who your real friends are. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but I, I'm saying it's like you, everyone listening to this, to all two people, you should go and watch his stand up because it's not, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty right. funny. But um, I don't know, like with all these controversies coming out with these celebrities, I kind of enjoy it in a way because it's like showing that they're as human as us. And uh, it's like that Imagine video. I had brought up before i think the reason why i hated that video is like you think that you seeing an imagine is gonna help somehow right like what 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 does you seeing an imagine by john lennon gonna do to help me i had just lost my job you know I, i'm not the only one that lost my job it's like i don't care who you are like i don't know like the ego behind some of these stars in hollywood i think needs to be checked right um, that's just the way i look at it sometimes and I'm going to finish up on that after this commercial break. Do we hit 30 minutes? So what I was saying um, about that song and Gal Gadot or whatever and all the celebrities getting together and singing Imagine, that was so early in this thing that I don't think anybody knew how serious it was. I think people were at a point of great stress and great like shock. Like, I know I was. I know I, when I heard that, like, well... I saw it coming, but I didn't think it was going to go that far. Um, I was, I saw that and I was just like, you know, if it wasn't her, somebody else would have done it. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. And I I don't think it's... And who's to say that wasn't her way of coping? You know, maybe she had a lot of anxiety. Maybe this made her feel better that day. And not that I'm saying that, like, she doesn't deserve to feel better. She's just a human being, just happens to have celebrityism for being a talented actress. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the ego behind a lot of these celebrities, I think it's gotten out of control in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I I like the fact... I think all of our egos get out of control. Well, true. That's very true. You know, that is very, very true. But I think, especially with the people we see every day, look at our president. I mean, I don't want to do a big hot take, but I mean, it's safe to say the dude has a huge ego. Right. And... As I think, as we continue society after this, I think all our egos were checked in terms of like. But who gives them that ego? It's us. I mean, it is. It really is. And we're paying attention. So we're just constantly throwing gas on the fire going like, why is that fire so big? But we have the choice. I think everyone has that choice. Right. To not give them that power. It's like and it's like, it's, it's easier than people think. It's like, oh, well, you know, people listen. It's like, well, then just don't listen. Right. It's that simple. Just don't listen. Don't, don't. You know, sell yourself short and saying, I got to listen to this because, you know, like, no, like, just don't listen to it. And eventually it'll fade out. Right. I mean, I don't know. I think 
attributing celebrity isn't like a status to people like like Elon Musk, for example. Everyone's talking about the kid's name or whatever, and it's this big thing, and everyone wants to ask Elon Musk, why did you name your kid this? Why did you name your kid that? I'm sitting here thinking, like, leave him alone so he can work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's the only person doing cool shit right now. Like, until you have a rocket company, a tunneling company, and a car, electric car company, like, don't talk shit about Elon. Like, uh, he said some crazy shit in the past. He has gone on Twitter and made himself look s- stupid many, many times. But every day, this guy is showing up to work doing cool shit. Yeah. And I don't care if like the he's doing a Steve Jobs where he's getting ideas from Sir, Sir Xerox and slapping it onto you know the Apple logo onto it and going like oh this is our thing now like his ability to pull people together to all work on one thing that's going like he wants to go to Mars right that's his life goal he's like we're gonna put people on Mars the thing about that is if we start developing technology to put us on Mars, that rewires the brains of all the engineers and all the mathematicians and everybody that's going like, okay, like there's an ancillary benefit to trying to achieve something that you might not achieve, right? Like you don't, you might stumble upon the next great thing on accident while trying to get to Mars. I mean, just hear me. I think just because I've watched too many movies, but something tells me this dude wants to build an army. (laughs) On what, Mars, a robot army on Mars, just with the Neuralink stuff. No, I'm kidding. I think it's great what he's trying to accomplish. At least someone's trying to. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, it's like we, it's like we hold these people under a microscope, right? It's like, the, okay, here's this guy, Elon Musk. He's making uh, really cool shit. He doesn't stop. He's very productive. And then he gets in front of a camera and we're all trying to like dissect him and figure out like, okay, what's the next thing going to be? What's this going to be like? Just leave him alone. Let him work. Yeah. That's his job. His job is to do, to do work. Like if somebody wants to come out and be a spokesperson at a company and they know, like, I'd rather have that. Like that needs, that person is the person that needs to be front and center and be like, Hey, I represent Tesla. Just talk to Elon Musk. He's super busy. But he named his but kid because him and his he's also he's also just the face right. of that company. Who knows right. what someone else is working on? Right. That's what I always think about. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is the face of something bigger. If I was Elon Musk, if I made a huge website called PayPal and became really really wealthy, and then I wanted to work on electric cars, like I don't know shit about electric cars, but I'm pretty sure I can pay somebody to, find, to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. if I had pay, pay, PayPal money, you know what I'm saying? Not like. Uh, <laughs> my, my, the revenue from this podcast money. Um, but I think that that encourages people to think about all the people right now. If we got into another space race, where we're trying to go to Mars. Think about all the people that would insp- be inspired by that to like, Oh, I don't think it should be a space race anymore. I think it should be like a, you know, like every, every country coming together, yeah, and well, resources. Yeah. To do you it. know what I mean? I just yeah. meant like the, the act of trying to get there. Right? Yeah. So like, the no, I, I really do think space journey. It, it's time for us to do that because we need to do something that leaps our, our species forward. Right. Not backwards. We need to be a multi-planet species. If yeah. we want this version of us to ever survive. Right. Like if we want, if, if that's something we value, I either, don't know. It's either, I feel like it's either we, we do it right. while we have the chance, like the chance and the time to do it, or we're going to be forced to do it. And if we're forced to do it, it's not going to work. Right. And not only just that, but like, it's going to be worse. It's not going to be as, you know, if we do it now, but by the time we hit that point where we have to do it, we'll be at least, I think, deep enough into it that we'll be knowing what we're doing. 
sending right. people over there or right. saving or who knows what we're doing at that point. Right. But the way it works is that you have governments that usually finance the expedition. Like that's how it should work. Right. Like, like if Christopher Columbus wanted to discover the new world, Spain had a bankroll him. And then when Lewis and Clark wanted to discover out West, the United States had a bankroll Lewis and Clark's expedition. And then when we wanted to go to the moon, the United States government funded NASA to go to the moon. Now we need we we need the government to say, okay, there's definitely a benefit in being explorers. There's definitely a benefit in uh, the innovation that comes from from conquering a huge challenge. Um, what ends up happening then you have when you have a private industry doing it, they're only going to be trying to do it to to meet their bottom line. You know, their investors. They're they're only going to be able to go as far as their their investors are interested in going. So like, but when you have a government that says, Hey, we're going to pay you 30 cents on the dollar for, you know, the next 10 years to get us to Mars, then it's like, okay, now we can work. Now we got wiggle room. Now we have, you know, an opportunity, like they're not going to lose interest because they just made it a law that they're going to pass to, to keep us going for the next decade to get us to this planet. Now, the way that I see what happens when you're forced into that position now you're not dealing with the government. Now you're not dealing with private enterprise. Now you have a military organization that's going to be like, all right, everyone up. We're going to get in this rocket we built. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're hope for the best because that's what that's going to be the choices that we're left with. Yeah. You yeah. know, if there, I don't know, I, I don't know what circumstance would, would have to be. We got to evacuate the planet. I mean, it's sure going to be a few people, not many of us. But I, I really believe that, like you said, just a few to repopulate. Yeah. And then like, like interstellar. Right. Like the movie Interstellar, like yeah. we'll have we'll send embryos and eggs, right. being able to like and fertilize. The way is gonna give birth. Is that was that the point I was supposed to get out of that movie? Like I think so. Like Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway were just supposed to like, like raise uh, a colony. Adam and Eve. Maybe that was the idea. Yeah, maybe. Plan A. But no, I think I don't know. I uh, I feel like we have severely like not given enough thought into the space race. Right. As they say, I think we've in a lot I think what's happened is that humans are bored. <laughs> like we're not exploring. We're made to explore. We explore this world. We explore the we're exploring the ocean, but we have to explore because it's like we're not challenging ourselves. Right. And as a human kind, I think I, that's why so much there's like so much poverty, there's so much bad things going on on earth is because there's too many people here. We need to be exploring the universe. Like we weren't made to just explore this world. We were made to explore the universe. That's just what I believe, at least. Right. If we're if we're ever going to have any chance of of branching out as a uh, as a species, like you you know you you look at science fiction movies and you see like oh yeah the Vulcans colonize these planets and then the Klingons colonize these planets mm-hmm. like it's all like, Serious Star Trek, sorry. That was the first thing my mind gravitated towards. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, there, there's... They become a multi-planet species, and it's like, once you become that, now you get to, like, have the discussion of, like, okay, like, maybe we don't need money anymore. You know, like, that was the whole idea behind Star Trek, was that, you know, they get rid of the concept of money. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you have a job. Your job is to work at Space Fleet. Your job is to do this. You do what you want to do, like, if you you can but 
whatever the Vulcans, when they, when they made first contact in the series, they said like, all right, you guys made it to light speed on your own. Now we're going to help you out with some other things. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to get rid of war. You guys aren't going to have wars anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to get rid of this whole money thing in exchange of, you know, it's just slavery with extra steps, right. you know? So like, let's just, <laughs> you know, like it just becomes this thing where you get to understand like, okay, there's a bigger picture. We might leapfrog throughout the galaxy over the next millennia. You know, if we take the first step now, yeah. you know, and that might be the coolest thing ever. Like you imagine, I, you know, I imagine that a lot <laughs> to be honest with you. I know it's such a weird, like, and, I, and it wouldn't be me. Like I'm not going in a spaceship. No, you know, it's funny. It, it's, I mean, I might, to be honest, if someone said, Hey, it's really safe now. Like, I don't really, I think it's going to be like when planes were around. We're going to be old when that happens. Right. And, like, for us, like, he's like, oh, it's safe now. It's like, I don't know. It's going to be, like, people in Wally. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that one. Oh, you didn't see that? No, no, no. These people, like, scoot around. They're all overweight, and they're in, like, these little, but, like, like, motorized things, and they just have their screen in front of them wherever they go, just watching content. I think it's safe to say that maybe even our kids or, like, their kids would be the ones that are uh, going to be doing that. If my grandkids get to go into space just, like, on vacation... Or, I don't know, as explorers or as, like, I feel like I'd be a really proud person. Like, I'm not a prideful person. Like, I don't like using that word because pride is one of the seven deadly sins. It's a weird thing. But, like, I think pride is a weird thing. It's it's like, oh, what are you proud of? Oh, I'm proud to be an American because you were born here. Yeah, did you choose that? No, no, it just happened. I woke up one day and I was here. So <laughs> I woke so up one proud <laughs> of being something you had no control of. Like I can see having pride in something you built. Like if you built a house or a sailboat or a fur house, whatever, whatever that thing is, like that's you're entitled to be proud of that because it's something you created. If you're proud of something over, you know, I was. So you know something I never. You just said like being born at that place. Like I'm that. Like, what if you're born in Europe? Like, are you part of that nationality? But. Do how does that work? Here? So say like I was born in England. Yeah. Or no, we'll say Poland. But I'm American. Like my parents are American. Does that make me Polish? Because I was born in Poland? It makes you a Polish, well, depending on what their laws are, but it makes you a citizen of that country. It doesn't make your nationality that country. But like automatically it's, you're the citizen of... I think of, it's three generations is what you're allowed to be considered ethnically from so, there. So the reason why I ask is because uh, my oldest sister is from Mexico. She was born there. Yeah. But she lives here. She's American. She had to become an American citizen. And uh, that that's why, like, I get confused. I'm like, so if I if my parents were on vacation, right, mm-hmm. we'll just say, and they go to China, and I was, my mom's water breaks and I'm born in China, does that make me, my like, nationality part Chinese because I was born there? Not your nationality, no. No. No, not at all. Not at all? No. Okay. Even though my... If, if, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, this is semantics. We got to first know the definition of nationality versus ethnicity. Right. Nationality is that, what, what country you're native to, right? Right. So, like, my parents are native, we'll say, to Mexico. Right. Does that make me Mexican because they're Mexican, or does that make me Mexican? You know, like, that's right. where I get a little confused is how does that work. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. So, nationality-wise, yeah, that, that would make you a Chinese citizen, and you'd probably be able to, to go to China whenever you wanted, unless you made a movie about Tibet. Like, then you could <laughs> Right? Like, that, that's... That just sounds like a big headache, because, like, say my parents were, like, 
But well, your ethnicity I, is not Chinese. Right, right. You can't say I'm a Chinese person. No, I know. But I'm like saying like, well, A, it's like, why the fuck are my parents traveling while my mom's pregnant? But B, like, that's just crazy to me to think. Like, they would have to go through all this just to get me back to where they live. Right. I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Right. Well, think, just, about, think about people that get displaced, you know? I mean, that happens all the time. We like to think that, like, the world that we live in is this safe and, and secure place. But, like, there's people all over the world that have to leave in a moment's notice because, you know, someone's knocking on their door and they have to go. Like, mm-hmm. And they have to go to the next court country over or the next border or the next, you know, state. And it's, you know, sometimes they're pregnant. Sometimes their baby's born on the wrong side of the line that they didn't want them to be born into. I'm mm-hmm. sure during the whole Bosnian-Serbian thing, that was probably a, a major issue. I mean, there's a lot of people displaced because of that. So it's, it's really I try to look at it, like, I always try to, think of the like i within the last like five years i would say i've been trying to take a moment to be more grateful for the circumstances that i've been in and and my friends and family and all that but i also want them to know that too like you we live in a one relatively peaceful time considering you know it's not the wild west it's not pioneer days it's not world war one days like it's not you know you don't have to worry about I mean, like you said in the movie we were watching, it's like they're worried about jumping off an airplane, getting shot at. Right. <laughs> we're worried about yeah. staying inside for more than a month. <laughs> we're talking about Overlord, which is this uh, World War II movie that's also a... It's, it's a interesting movie. Zombie movie? I don't know. Do you want to call it zombie movie? It's like a... I would call it like a zombie... Like Dr. Frankenstein. World like War Yeah. So, like, in this movie, they're, they're, it's like D-Day. They're jumping off with, you know, the 101st Airborne, and there's a lot of anachronisms, but I won't get into all of them, um, except for C-4. They were using C-4, and that stuff wasn't invented until, like, the 50s. <laughs> it really upset me. It made me laugh because while we were watching, he's like, I don't think C-4 is invented. I'm like, dude, there's zombies in this movie. I don't think it's – I think logic went out the window. No, but if you want, if you want to buy, buy people in, like, if you want to sell them this piece of shit movie – at least make it, you know. Uh, you know, it's funny though. It's, it's, I don't think it was that bad of a movie. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like I need to watch it again. No, I wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't watch it again either. But it's yeah. definitely one of those movies. I'm like, it I, wasn't Daylight. No, it was. Oh, Daylight was great. Daylight's great. That was a good movie. But anyway, like, like just to continue with your point about like generations before us, like they were worried about. Oh, right. Things that probably weren't even perfected or even, like, with, like, parachuting off an airplane. Not only that, like, towns used to have to be built with fences around them. Right. You know? Like, uh, I mean, think about the diseases that you would get 200. We're worried about COVID. What what vaccines did you get 200 years ago, you know? I think the crazy thing for me is, like, uh, back in those days, like, we even spotted maybe, like, 100 years ago. You cut yourself, we'll say, just oh, hanging yeah, up tennis, a picture yeah. frame. You yeah. get tennis, you're dead. Yeah. Within a week. Yeah. Maybe not even within a week. Maybe within like a few days. Right. It's like now you do that, you got first aid and you're good. Right. That's crazy. Right. People died for that. Like right. you can die for anything. Right. Really. <laughs> but then it kind of makes me wonder like, yeah, we're overpopulating. Like, so my thing is, is like we either need population control or we need to spread to other planets. That's where I see like either having a perfect society where we can self-maintain the earth, the biosphere. Well, I feel like this, this virus was like a warning. It's like a warning shot. Oh, yeah, it's a shot across the bow. Yeah, it's for real. Yeah, yeah, like I, I really do believe it because yeah. um, we've been pushing things, especially oh. environmental-wise. Like, yeah. We've just been pushing things. And this yeah. is Earth and the world saying, like, yo, like, guys, like, you guys need to figure your right. shit out now. Right. It almost, it almost, <laughs> yeah, I almost kind of 
wish it was an environmental disaster. Not not that I want there to be one, but because I don't think people are going to draw the correlation between like clean air versus COVID nineteen. Like I don't think people like people who make the decisions, you know, whoever they are, you know, mm-hmm. people who just like, um, you know, oh yeah, we we gotta. You know, we got to solve this COVID-19 thing. And then the guy comes in with the, the global warming papers and he's running through the room and his hair's a mess. And he's like, we, we have 14 days. And no, 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 we got a different crisis we're working on. Shut the hell up. Like, you know, it's like, all right. Like, you know, I don't think we can tackle both at the same time. And that's why I kind of wish like, yeah, you know, too bad COVID-19 wasn't a hurricane because, you know, the way that the, the, the response to this is, is that it's like an all hands on deck. Like, all right, there's so many countries Oxford University, there's, you know, uh, Stanford, all these great schools, all their biochem labs are all trying to crank out the vaccine first. And to me, that's amazing, you know, or treatments even. And and that's something that like gives me hope, at least that we're going to have some sort of uh, normal life again, because I think of it as this is that like, we have this opportunity right now to really unite the country or the world even, and just say, hey, Oxford, we made a breakthrough on this. Can you share this information with us? And then, bam, we get a vaccine in six months. Or Elon Musk goes, hey, I got an AI that can, you know, bring your trials down from a year to three months because the AI is going to get in there and run a program that can think four times faster than a human. I'm actually kind of excited to see where this pandemic took some people in terms of, like, technology-wise. Right. Like, like there's just going to be so much more tech that I think is going to be created to help everyone. Right. And it's going to be great to see. Right. And I always hate this, like this notion nowadays where people are scared of technology. Right. Where they're like, Oh no, the AI is controlling. Like they always bring up Terminator or something like, right. but I'm like, no, like I think we're using technology the right way, like to find things that we can't normally see. Right. Really. We're basically increasing our own computing power. Exactly. You know, and that's something that is, is, I mean, think of what technology is. Technology in any of its terminology is the caveman learning how to rub two stones together and start fire. That's mm-hmm. technology. Technology is taking a, a rock and turning it into a wheel and now moving a wheelbarrow. And then eventually that level of innovation gets us to the steam engine, to the Hiroshima bomb, to, mm-hmm. you know, landing on the, like it, it all, it all stems from the first time some caveman decided to use tools to make something hot, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, the, and what I feel is, um, I don't, I think people focus too much on the bad things right. with technology, like the nukes and everything and the guns. But what I'm saying is but, that throughout, uh, throughout history and all that time, not one of those technologies. Yeah. Fire can get out of hand and burn a forest down. Uh, a nuclear but bomb could go off. It, it could, but then, like, with the fire thing, it's like, but th- think about how many meals were cooked using that fire. Right. How many predators were fought off right. because of that fire. Right. How many people were warned. Right. And how many people think about it that way? They think of it as, like, fire could spread, and like you said, like... Right. There um, probably were cavemen that were, like, anti-fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, no. <laughs> no, 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 it's too dangerous. Yeah, no, 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 and they, like, froze to death and yeah. died, you right. know? Like that'll be, that's essentially the people that are going to be anti, like whatever the new technology is. The people that are protesting in front of city hall of guns, like they're they're the people that were anti-fire when the cavemen were figuring out fire. Like that, that those people still exist because somehow their DNA survived somehow. I really think, and it's, it's nothing too complex with these people. They're, they're just doing that because everybody else is doing one thing. 
Right. Because no one could all be doing one thing without other people saying, like, well, I don't want to do that. It's basically like saying, like, don't touch that. Don't touch that wire. People are going to touch that. You know, like, there's going to be someone out there that's going to say, I want to touch that wire. Right. It's just going to happen. But I do agree with, like, those are the cavemen because they're going to be left behind because they are going to refuse right. to accept change, that things are going to change. And it's going to change in a good way. And, right. I mean, we all have to be ready for that. Right. I think everyone's anticipating some, like, government takeover and some sort of, you know, new world order. And everyone's got to fall in line and we're all going to lose our liberties and, and whatever that is. All I got to say is that's our When it happened. comes to survival, like, <laughs> when it, survival looks the same no matter what side you're on. You know, it's always going to be, you know what, if we get our rights taken away, I, you know what, I still like living. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe when I was like 18 and I was like, I don't know, I thought that that was something that mattered was your, all your freedoms, every single one of them. Man, you know, freedom of speech, I think I'll vehemently defend <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's probably, I think that's the my, the, my mouth is going to get me killed. I'm not. I don't know. That's only. I say a lot of stupid stuff to <laughs> the wrong people. I mean, just look at oh, just look funny. at Nadia. I mean, she's wanted to kill me twice now. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that Not, Nadia is the third roommate, by the way. Oh yeah, third <laughs> third roommate. She's. I've been here for a week, and she's already looked at me with <laughs> disdain. That's okay. That it took me only a few days to do that. Right. For her to do that to me too. So. Um. But, um, I, but what I'm what I'm trying to say. No, I think the First Amendment. Freedom of speech should definitely be up there in terms of freedoms to defend. Right. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of freedoms that need defending, and I'll say that with with a lot. But if there was something like, it just has to be something so horrible that I go, okay, like that's it. Like you know what I mean? Like it, there, there's definitely a threshold that when it comes to your own survival, because you can fight the fight later. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's, that's how a lot of people survive. Like, okay, like, let's not go into the first wave of battle raising our flags. Let's see how this plays out because the opposition might win. We might win. Who knows? Like, this might get taken care of over an email, you know, and we're all sitting here screaming in front of City Hall like it's the end of the world. Like, chill. Like, it, the time is really short in the scale of this. Man, sometimes I really do think, like, aliens wanted to stop by and then they see shit like that. And they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should hold off. They're not as intelligent as we thought. <laughs> I don't know. I think aliens would be looking down at us like the way that we look at mice. Like just, oh, look at there's mice playing on the wheel. Let's add a virus. <laughs> <laughs> See how they score. See, now, now that's the scary part. We think viruses are bad, but the, all our viruses come from Earth. Wait until we get an alien virus. Yeah. Then shit will get real. Yeah. Then you'll That's okay. Be, you just have to sneeze on them, just like World of the World. <laughs> War oh, of they, the world. They catch our virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking <laughs> the other way around. Yeah, no. The, the the scary thing would be like, I mean, what if? Just say, what if viruses are resilient? They can probably survive in space. Let's say a rock hits the planet. It's a tiny one, you know, like the size of the speaker. Okay, hits the planet somewhere in a populated area. Everyone gathers around. They breathe in the smoke, and the next thing you know, it's like, poof. Everyone's mm-hmm. bleeding from the eyes, like Eesh. outbreak. Right. You know, like that. The possibility of things that could happen versus what's actually happening, we're in a relatively okay situation. You know, like this thing needs to be like the amount of liberties that have been sequestered during this have been 
are based on like our well-being and, and like the everyone being safe. I feel like if the government really didn't give a shit, they would just be like, you know what, fuck it. Everyone gets sick and dies. We have less people to control. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't know. I don't know what that's like to sit on the high castle and look down at you know billions of people and think of their lives are my decision. It's easy to judge from. It's down for, here. Yeah, in front of a microphone in the kitchen. No, 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 but not even that, but like for a lot of people, I think it's easier to judge when you're not in Oh yeah. in the boardrooms talking right. and speaking like Right. I don't there's know. yeah, I mean there's so many things I mean, that I'm not saying that what we have in terms of government is 100% successful, but it's working so far. Mm. Right now, not right now, right, but right, it worked right. for a few, it 100 years, us, 200 it, years old. Yeah, it gets us by. Years. I would say our government gets us by. It doesn't do Does it have to be updated? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, even like even the English government has been updated over the last few centuries, you right. know. So I mean, I don't know. Well, like the way that I look at it is this: is that we are we are technically a new country. However, most countries have their constitutions written after ours. Yeah, because That's true. we we wrote it in seventeen seventy six. Like Italy's constitution wasn't written until like the nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Like, they weren't even <laughs> Italy then. Like, they were just the country that where Italian people lived. Like, I don't even know what it was called. I'm, the old country. They say in yeah, movies. The old <laughs> yeah. It was like Rome, and then it was Rome fell, and then they just kind of, you know, the Pope was there for a long time, and, you know, then it eventually became Italy again. So, um, the way that, I mean, I just look at things as so, trying to look at it from the perspective of as many people as I can. All right. If I were making decisions, what what's all my inputs? What are all my influences? What do I not know? You know, how much time do I have to make a decision? My teleconference happens in, you know, at 12 and I have the meeting with the science guy at 10 mm-hmm. and then I got to make an informed decision by, you know, 1130 so that I go on TV and tell everybody, yeah, it's already been done, you know, or do we get a system that's based on everyone votes? I mean, we all have phones. I mean, yeah, there's some old people and some people that are anti-technology that, you know, I wouldn't say that that's a, it's probably a good a good amount of people that don't have access to, to modern technology enough to where we can switch over to having a totally democratized bill writing process. Like, all right, here's the new bill that's going out. Uh, everyone read it. Here's some key points. It could be look nice with infographics. I love infographics, Mm -hmm. you know, like a nice Photoshop graph Mm -hmm. with like how many pizzas it would feed a family. If, you know, if America was pizza, it's that it's the visual. Well, like, yeah, like you can put a visual on into it and then like, okay, vote for this bill. This does this vote for that. You get something like this. Okay. Here's all the information. We're all going to die. Not we're all going to die, but we're all gonna die. <laughs> here's how many here's how many bedrooms are in the hospital. Here's how many people that can get sick, including you. This is how and much it costs how, to keep them in that is, room. Yeah, and this is how much you will like just stay home. And then if everyone says no, then we're like, fuck it, you're all losing your grandmas. Like, you know? <laughs> See the problem is and I think this is where we're wrong and this is why we need to update is like we have all that info. Right. We all have that technology. Right. And if you want to know the info, you have to look into it. But that's the problem. Why do I have to look into it? Why do I have to spend 20 minutes out of my day to look into this stuff? Why can't CNN or it be accessible for everyone to view these things? So I could be better informed so yeah. I could, you know, like not everyone, like, for example, right. like my parents, they don't use the Internet right. very well. How are they going to know what they want? Not only that, I feel see? like every every 
source you can get your information from is corruptible. You can be like, oh yeah, you know what? I get my information from MSNBC, and then you're gonna have someone that's gonna be like, you know what? They they they're not good journalism. They do this wrong. They get it wrong. Okay, right. CNN. No, I, no, Fox too, News, no. Right. There's no <laughs> one place that anyone can unanimously agree on. Like right. that's the smartest guy in the room. We need to be paying attention to right. because that's who I want to be. I remember at to. one point, like the best news source was Daily Show. With yeah. uh, when John Stewart was on there, 